And you're very welcome to Racing Only Better ahead of the Dublin Racing Festival at Leopardstown this weekend. We have Sandown, Weatherby and Musselburgh all to get you through on Saturday. It's a cracking day's racing. As good a day, bar the Cheltenham Festival in the National Hunt season, hoping to make you some money, all in the company of Mr. Kevin Blake. Kevin. Hello, Hugo. How are you getting on? Some weekend. Awesome. The finest, can't wait, can't wait. And we have the RBI Six Nations, or the Guinness Six Nations as it is now. Tony Calvin, I presume you'll be recording the matches and watching them in the evening time. Not over your usual bottle of gin, but you know, sober days and all that. I, what do you reckon? I, I, I'm trying to get RT home so I can listen to your dulcet <laughs> on our own wild. Yeah, well, listen, I tell you, it's going to be a cracker, but the racing, we're all about the racing this weekend. Dan Barber, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, you're going to tip us a few winners? Yeah, I hope so. And I was about to lose that mantle last week of the most unlucky man in podcast history when Kevin's. <laughs> Kevin's piece went 20 lengths clear. It looked like it was home and hose, and then he laid a pavement pizza on himself. Yeah. Oh dear. I, I like Kevin to go too early. Mm. Oi, oi. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> right, gentlemen, let's um, let's concentrate our efforts then and hopefully steer our listeners, of which we have 40,000 of them towards some winners this weekend. Sam, now we're going to kick things off. The 115 <laughs> is the Virgin Bed Handicap Chase. It's over two miles. A gunsight ridge for Ollie Murphy is your three to one favourite. Ahead of Tamarack to Matan at seven to two. A Ferrero Bamboo for Venetia Williams, nine to two. Rico Boy, six to one, seven to one bar. Okay, then, to kick us off, Tony Calvin, give us your most likely winner, please, of our first race. Uh, of the day at Sandown, the fifteen. As the betting suggests, this is a really tricky one, not least because we haven't got a great idea how it's going to pan out pace-wise. Maybe Moonlight or a Bundoran will go forward, but that, that's not a certainty on recent runs. Um, I like Ferrero Bamboo. I thought I thought 9-2 was fair, probably not betting-juicing 9-2, but uh, they upped him a pound for that last time, and I thought that was uh, uh, up that a six-pound for length win last time. Um, I thought that was fair enough given the winners and improving sort. The third was 18 lengths away. So I thought a six pound rise was probably pretty much bang on the money. We're dealing with a course and distance winner here on good to soft ground. We should mention the ground's probably going to be good to soft. Uh, they've been watering. Uh, there is there was about five mil rain forecast Friday into Saturday. So I think working on the basis of good to soft, and that should be fine for Ferrero Bamboo one in heavy ground last time. So Nigel is fair, hasn't got me reaching for, for the uh, back button, but uh, I thought Ferrero Bamboo would probably be my idea of the favourite in here. Ferrero Monsieur, with this uh, Ferrero Bamboo, you're really spoiling it. <laughs> 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 Beautiful. Prepping for your front six nations. Crap joke of the day, out of the way, nice and early, Dan Barber. <laughs> if you like. You save, me the, save me doing it. Ferrero Russian, in it, TC? Yeah. All yeah. oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, Rico Boy at the bottom for me. And I do think Bundoran and Moonlight will be ridden aggressively. It nearly worked for Bundoran when Gunsight Ridge beat him. And Moonlight have won this race last season under similar tactics. Two years prior to that, Dolos won it in both seasons before. And both are chucked in potentially, but I don't think either are in, are in great form. So I'm with Rico Boy, second run of the season. He's in a stronger race than normal. But one thing this horse does is travels. Conditions will be perfect for him. And if there's a pace collapse... I don't think three will beat him. So I thought at his price, he was worth punting each way. Here, lads, I don't have a fancy here, but are my eyes deceiving me or have the British handicappers dropped Moonlighter a pound for falling at the first last time? Yeah, he was already dropping <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe he was, but it just looks ridiculous. They've been doing some bloody weird things recently, I tell you. We'll, we'll come on to one at Musselburgh a bit later. 
Yeah. Donald's has <laughs> come down 18 pounds in six runs. Lovely. Okay, good stuff. So Rico Boy for Daniel Ferrero Bamboo for Tony Calvin. The 150 is the version Beck Contenders hurdle and listed over two miles. Guard your dreams, nine to four. Song for someone, nine to four. So disputing favoritism at the moment. You've got our oh, favorite yeah, head banger basher Goshen is back for more trouble at 11 to 4. Would you just retire the horse and put it in the nut house and stop acting the Mickey? Global Citizen of 5 to 1 and Hunter's Call is 10 to 1. Right, so um, Kevin, uh, don't tell me you're going to back Goshen. Uh, I think Song for Someone is the horse to be on here, and I'm going to be backing Song for Someone for Tom Simmons. Who do you like? I'd be with you, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'd be with you. I'd be alongside you. Um, I thought he ran a great race in the international last time. He was trying to give six pounds to guard your dreams. Um, only failed by half a length, having got kind of, you know, far enough back now for a horse that, that you know, has made the running in the past. And um, Goshen might just set it up for him. I'd say Goshen might want to be the one to lead. Hopefully, song for, song for someone will be able to follow him. And um, and nail him late on. He stays well, song for someone. And I just thought at these weights and at these prices, um, he was probably the one to certainly reverse that form with Gardner Dreams and hopefully beat Goshen as well. Right, me for song for someone, Kev for song for someone, make it a hat trick, Dan, or go home. Well, remember when we said it was Goshen's last chance saloon? <laughs> yeah, well, you're not giving another one. You're not giving been, another one. He's been kicked out of this boozer and he's stumbled <laughs> into another one at a faster in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but I'm mean, sitting there waiting for him and I'm going to knock him out as soon as he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know, he, he's right-handed this time. I thought Jamie Moore was so illuminating. You could tell how peed off he was after Great that. interview, that was Defeat last week. Yeah. The other week. Yeah. He was, like, was brilliant, brilliant. He was talking about slapping egg, you know, and he, he was basically saying what Hugh Carr would do to him. Um, but he did, he spoiled his chance primarily by hanging right throughout, and that won't be an issue here. Remember the last time he was in this sort of scenario, he thrashed on for someone in that Kingwell last season. So it's it's beyond the last chance saloon. As I say, it's three o'clock, lock-in time, <laughs> Goshen. One last chance. One last, one drink, last chance. One last chance. My salute. God. And what happens then when he goes to the, to the early bar after getting thrown out at 5 a.m.? Are you going to stick <laughs> yeah. with him next to him? He's got to draw a line it's, somewhere, man. It's like a stag do in Prague. He's, he's <laughs> up at six the following morning. Don't take, he'll, he'll find a house party somewhere. They always <laughs> do these types. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take the piss too much because Jamie will stick you on your ass. I wouldn't like a right hander off him. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If I ever get married again and go on with stag do to Prague, I can tell you that. Right. The 220. <laughs> is the virgin bet City Isles chase it's a great one two and a half miles here it's a novice chase obviously and Vanessa Royals um, horse to follow for what is it the Turners of the JLT or the Greg's Vegan Sausage Roll novice chase it's Long Press Long Press and he's in here four to five so I mean obviously I presume Nessa will be all over him and um, Pick Dory at uh, seven to four Mr. Coffee eight to one and it's how would you like about the last two Tony Calvin and uh, Long Press for me could well be my nap of the weekend I think he wins this if he's going to run well in the Greg's Vegan Sausage Roll novice chase he's got to run well here yeah uh, another cracking big field novice chase isn't it this mm. It's just it's 80 grand. They're really getting their money's worth again, aren't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Kempton, uh, later on in the month, they've chucked another 35 grand at a novice chase there. It's just like oh, the old racing post chase day. Oh, it's just defies belief. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the two should be... I think I'm a big fan of Long Press, and I think he'll probably win. Mm-hmm. But I probably would have them a bit closer in the market than they are. I think on the sports book, it's four or five plays, seven to four, Pick Dory. Yeah. I think Pick Dory is about twos on the exchange. You know, if you force me to have a bet, and you bloody would have to force me, I'd probably <laughs> go with probably go with a nickel sauce at twos. Oh, uh, but 
it's yeah, it's it just passes you by races like this. Just we? a quick thing on that, lads. Um, obviously, we can't say too. He's one of our crew, so to speak. But the Nichols flu jab thing. I mean, he had a he had a miserable weekend, didn't he? I mean, is it an ongoing concern if we back him? He's going to have lots of runs mm. this weekend again. Yeah, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing concern that he just won't beat Lamb Press. That's the that's the matter. That's the Ken Blake. So Lamb Press, Lamb Press is going to win. You can take TV, TC's um, prize button and throw it out the window. The winner is the odds-on favorite here. I think he probably is in fairness he, he hadn't set me a light now uh, beyond the average I suppose in his first two starts over fences but I did think he was very good last time um, smashing up the glancing queen from the front and I, I'd say he's a pretty good horse you know as British novice chasers go I'd say he's um, <laughs> he, he's, he's one of the better ones uh, just oh. to echo TC's point you know yeah. we've been we've been slagging this race for the last couple of years for the prize money and how horrendously it compares with the grade one equivalent at the Dublin Racing Festival and in fairness they dig deep into the pocket more than double the pot and they probably get the weakest renewal they've had for a couple of years you know okay. the horses just aren't there lads doesn't matter yeah. how much money you put on that's it exactly okay good stuff gentlemen move on if we can the 255 is the virgin bet Heroes handicap hurdle, great three over two miles, but it's just under three miles. If I want to be, you know, pedantic uh, about it, and um, Rioca is your 11 to 2 favorite for Harry Fry. You've got Orby's Legend for Philip Hobbs, 13 to 2, Beauport, uh, 13 to 2 as well for Nigel Twist and Davis. Call Me Lord is in here for more punishment at 7 to 1. Well, third last night, out, so not too bad. Green Book at 7 to 1, and a Don Levant 8 to 1. You can have it to like um, about the rest here. Um, right, Dan. Um, I want to get TC's thought on this one because um, I, I know this is right up his street in terms of a handicap hurdle over three miles and plenty of juice in these prices. Who have you come down on, please? Uh, well, I, I can see the case of the favourite Rioca, of course I can, but he, he lacks experience. I think his mark will prove lenient in time. Uh, two ways of approaching this. I don't actually think Easy's lands a million. He's probably just having a run, but he can't jump fences over that cross-country course. And his marks about a stone lower over over hurdles. He'll probably mm. just be having a means to an end performance. But for me, with Betfair Sports, but likely to be throwing many an extra place around, and I didn't get confirmation of that. Six, six places. Six places. Yeah. I mean, if Don Levant is double is double figures, how are they keeping him out of the out of the six? I mean, mm. he's eight, so reliable. Yeah. Yeah. He, he might he might go bigger, but obviously facts into that price is the. Is the extra place to some degree? His SP probably will be bigger, but he's, he's had one run at the trip where he saw off rigs. That was his first run at three miles. He's held his form since. He came from an impossible position when I napped him at at Kempton. It was okay for me because he crept into fifth, but it wasn't any good for the nap because we were only playing first four. But yeah, in a race where Bowport's interesting up in trip, the Fav's obviously interesting. I just think the way to play it is back something each way that won't get involved in the strong pace. And Don Levant was top of my list. Yeah, okay, good stuff. Uh, Don Levant, 8-1 to one, um, at the time of recording here. Um, I'm a fan of Rioca, the wine, Tony Calvin. It's not spelled the same. A bit like the Green yeah. Mile. What's your yeah. name? John Coffey, like the drink, except not spelled the same. Not spelled the same as <laughs> Rioca, but you pronounce it the same. Um, yeah. Who do you like, though? I assume you're I, by, by enough, <laughs> I'm not being contrary, but Rioca is the only red wine I detest. Really? I can't drink it. Anything but... Um, yeah, um... Very similar to Dan here. Dom Levant, six places would be very hard to kick out the frame. Now, the problem with this is, you know, the sports book are, are well aware of that, as of all bookmakers, even though one bookmaker, bizarrely, was going 14s about the horse earlier mm. on in the day. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously he's, you know, coming back up in trip uh, to the Haydock win early in the, early in the uh, season. Uh, I think he should have been raised and could have been raised for his fourth in the Royal Key, where Isabel Williams couldn't claim her five pounds. 
given that she gave him an absolute shocker uh, in the Lanzarote last time, near last turning in, uh, in a race that was dominated by horses that closer to the pace, um, midfield at worst, you had to be there. Um, so I think uh, the, the fifth in the Lanzarote can be marked up massively. Um, and I think if you ask me for a horse that's most likely to finish in the first six, I'd say Don Levant. The problem is eight to one is probably in a race this deep. It's probably a little bit on the small side. I'll approach this probably near the off. I'll probably, I think, give the profile of the horse. I think he'll be opposed late on on the exchange. So I'm going to, I'll be playing him win only on the exchange and I'll be playing in the four and five place markets Don Levant as well. But I do think Beauport, who was similarly given a, a moderate ride last time, up two pounds, up in trip. I think I think he'd be my idea of the favourite at 13 to two. So, uh, so, so Don Levant, uh, win and place on the exchange and Beauport, I thought six places, 13 to two, seven to one, was very, very fair about the horse. He should, should probably be outright favourite. Mm. Okay, excellent. Okay, gents, the 3.30 down on the card is the last of Sandown before we move to Muscle with the Vergevet Masters handicap chase. It's three miles again and five-star getaway, you're 11 to four, um, market leader at the time of recording you've got Farnet for a Venetia Williams at four to one Linley or Linley King at five to one for Ollie Murphy Desha Abba at seven to one Capcore seven to one under supervision seven to one and uh, it's how much you like about the rest actually I'm looking at real steel down here at 14 to one for Paul Nichols now look I know this horse obviously is getting on um what age is he now nine it's not that old but I mean obviously he would have been a, a reasonable enough performer for uh, for Willie Mullins back in the day, and a 14 to 1 in a handicap chase like this, I have to say, um, Kevin Blake, he'd appeal to me as an each way bet here, yeah. And if you cast your mind back two years when he was traveling like the winner in the gold cup at Chelsea, yeah, oh, uh, before not quite finding only beaten seven or so lengths that day, and in, in, admittedly in a, in a steadily run race, but he's come down 20 pounds or so since then, and signs of life have been sparse this season. So uh, wouldn't be one for me, Hugo. I'm going okay. with my old, well, my old pal, Daisha Abba. When I say my old pal, um, uh, broke our hearts there at Sandown oh. the day we were there. Um, I, I'm nearly sure I napped him. I think someone else might have napped him as me. well. And, yeah, uh, he yeah, got it. Sorry, wasn't it a clean sweep? He got beaten by yeah. a, by a by a schnoz by a Highland Hunter in in what was a very tough race. In fairness, it wasn't a complete shock that he bombed out next time, but yeah, I think he shied at the tape and it ended up being a bit further back than ideal at Chepstow. So you you'd forgive it. Um, and I suppose the main thing is here he seems he seems to come alive at Sandown. Seems to love it. Um, he's won the last two renewals this race. He ran that that absolute belter um, that day in early December. And hopefully getting back here will, will bring him back to life again because I'd say there's there's more in him. He clearly stays further than this. Um, uh, you know, you'd probably in a perfect world want a heavier test of stamina than this might present on the ground. But yeah. I'm, I'm happy enough to go with him. I think he's a fair price. I think you're getting well compensated in his price for that run last time, which in my mind is pretty forgivable. Okay, Dan, would you, would you concur with that? Are you going to go and give him another chance as well as Kevin? I'm loath to take him on around here, but that's, that is my concern. When he's won it the last two years, it's been soft and heavy and we're unlikely to get that. I thought the the most interesting horse was one going up in trip, and that's Farinay. I know he's yet to prove himself away from bottomless ground, but mm. I don't think he'll be out of his comfort zone up at three miles for the last for the first time. He's had two visits to Sandown. He's won on both occasions, obviously, when he, he did me over last year. And then the other week where he was strong in the market, gave Venetia yet another winner on the month. And he basically had the racing command a long, long way out. I didn't think £6 was harsh. His first go at the trip, he's from the family of Jimmy Tenney. So I recall in my very early days of racing, wore the, the winning line colours, those Teton Mill colours, and was yeah. a three-mile chaser 
for Venetia. So interesting, she's ended up with a horse from the same family and she's going up in trip with him in a big race. Okay, so that's Sandown done and dusted. Then we move on to Musselbra. And uh, the first we're going to talk about is the two miles six veterans chase on the card. It's a uh, two of five, better is five, Elgin con jockeys. Handicap chase is a bit of a mouthful, but anyway, we got there. Uh, Calypso Colange is your three to one favorite alongside Cool Mix at the moment, disputing top of the market. Glenn Forza for Charlie Longston at nine to two, Validom six to one, Psychedelic Rock 15 to two, and how much you like about the rest. Okay, so uh, Tony Calvin, you can kick yeah. us off with this if you don't mind. The old veterans, your pals, your old old boys with the walking stick trying to get over the fences. How do you see yeah. this one going? Yeah, I think the average age of horses I've tipped this year is about 13, so this <laughs> I should I should go down well here. Um, yeah. The, the fascinating thing about this race is there's eight runners. Uh, it's one of a so watch your bets because obviously a late non runner could do you up like a kipper here. But all eight like to go forward or be ridden aggressively. So mm. I think all the jockeys will be having a chat in the way ring beforehand, see who gets the lead. Um, hopefully they hopefully they don't make it a, a total mess for a race. Um, I like Glenn Forter in here. Um, I think ninety two is a very fair price. Now, like I said, the, the tactics angle it could be it could be a bit of a balls up. Uh, from that perspective. But if the jockeys just ride accordingly, then I think Glenn Fors is handicapped to win this race. We all know what a good horse he was back in the day, rated 154, went off 92 for Um, And he ran a really promising race when given a, a, a moderate ride first time out this season when, when Gayle like got out of a hill uh, at Ascot, actually traded just around under five to four in running there over three miles. But no, he's, he's run two moderate races since, but there was a bit more promise in that run at Donny last time than the beating distance suggests. And he's come down now to a mark of 129. He, now, he's got a touch of class, this horse, back class, granted, but he's into a naught to 130. He's coming down in trip, which I think is crucial. I think you're going to get better ground here. It's currently good, good to soft, but they are expecting 11 mil on Saturday, so bear that in mind if you are betting. And um, I just think everything is set up for him. I mean, if he, if the, if Lorcan Williams rides a patient rate, if patient race if needs be, um, if he comes back to the Ascot run off an eight pound lower mark, uh, then he will take a lot of beating here. I've got a lot of time for Clipso Colonge, but the rest I don't fancy at all. So nine to two, um, it really interests me, Glenn Forza. Nine to two, Glenn Forza. What about yourself, Dan? Um, who have you come down on here, please? Tony mentioned him just as he was signing off there. Calypso Colonge, I prefer mm. just because I thought he's less tactically, re- he's more tactic- tactically versatile, should I say. Glenn yeah. Forza has, I mean, the Ascot race, he was miles clear at halfway. Yeah. And Valadon did the same in that Sandown race last time. He, he was 20 lengths clear for Rio. He got beaten more than 20 in the end. Uh, Calypso Colonge has gone forward or been ridden prominently the last twice, but he's going from a Tommy Whittle. Which was effectively a 0 to 146 handicap with the top weight remastered to a 0 mm-hmm. to 130. The kid Lewis Stones is able to claim another six because he's attached to the Ollie Murphy yard against his contemporaries. And like I say, he spent most of his career being patiently ridden. And I'd hope they'd be mindful of the fact the likes of Valadon, Glenn Forcer, Brotherly Company are in there and they might be a bit more circumspect. I thought he could set up well for him. He's effectively running off one, two, three, having just been butting heads and finishing third in a, in a proper handicap last time. Yeah, wow. uh, another thing there, favour. I mean, Ollie Murphy's been out of form, but he had a winner uh, at Leicester on Wednesday. So, if that's going to be a, a you know a tide turning in, term, in his fortunes, that's another positive eclipse. So, Colonge, but yeah, I, I totally see that horse. Okay, super lads. And um, the next of the card is the 240 Scottish County Hurdle, it's over two miles. Um, and it's a handicap, obviously. Wild Max is your 11 to 4 favourite for Paul Nichols, uh, with uh, Angus Chalida taking five pounds off, five and 20 at four to one. 
um, in the market just ahead of highly prized for Emma Lavelle. Socialist agenda six to one. Anna Benina's running here again. I wonder if TC is going to come down on her side after putting up the last day. Then the ground kind of scuppered the bet a little bit. Um, but Dan, you can kick us off here if you don't mind. Who do you like in the Scottish county? Not a mad strong view. It's a race that's likely to be teed up by five and twenty. She goes hard from the front and as a as a mm. good muscle for record, but she struggled in open company. I thought socialist agenda had been given a fair opening mark. Yet another horse. We've seen Oaken Risker lately do that. We've seen fine casting get a generous opening mark, more generous yeah. than they would have done twelve months ago. And I think one one eight for socialist agenda is fine on that penultimate run. I know he got a soft lead, but he was unbeaten in bumpers. And he's running basically here against mostly exposed horses. So I thought he was the most interesting runner in this. Okay. Are you sticking with Anna Benina, um, TC? I don't know if the ground is going to change and um, soon it be enough for you to no. um, to go with her again here. But I, I, no, you're not, obviously, no. I, I backed and tipped uh, five and 28 each way over in the week. Uh, oh, I also tipped up and backed Diocletian each way at 12s, mainly because there was 15 runners at the five-day stage and I thought it would cut up massively. I actually thought it would cut up to less than eight, actually, because mm. uh, a, a couple of horses that ran last week uh, have turned up here. Um, a lot of Irish Including horses. her, yeah. Including her. Um, the problem around Anna Benina is, I mean, I, they dropped him two pounds, they dropped her two pounds for that, for that um, Doncaster run, which you know, you'd normally just ignore that kind of, that kind of run, wouldn't you? So yeah. I, I, yeah, if it comes back to the county form, all that, Obviously, that Scottish champion hurdle form. Then she's got to be a, ma- a big old player here. She was tens and twelves early in, early on Thursday. I think the tens is disappearing. I can see why, but the problem with her is, as I said earlier, Musselburgh is expecting eleven mil, um, maybe maybe a bit more on fr- uh, on Saturday and maybe a bit more on Friday as well. So mm-hmm. Anna Benito is is one I'd be wary of, and I might have a saver so make it three pronged in the race, but I would only do so right near the off when I know exactly what the ground is because she is really ground dependent. But okay. I, I played five and 20 and Diocletian each way anti-post and I'm sticking with those. I think they're very fair bets. They're shorter now, but I think they're still fair, a fair price. Excellent. Okay, great. We'll move on to the last at Muscle, before we move on to Leopardstown and Dublin Racing Festival. It is the uh, 345, the Bet365 Edinburgh National Handicap, four miles. So stayers only need apply, please. No sprinters. Highland Hunter seven to four. Short enough in the market at the moment. The Wolf is ten to three for Ollie Murphy. Mighty Thunder seven to two. Robin DeFore eight, eight to one. Step back tens, and it's how much you like about the rest. Um, right, Daniel. Um, yeah, seven to four Highland Hunter for Paul Nichols. Um, it's going to have his supporters, obviously. But um, can you see anything else, or, or are you on the fab here? I'd be, I'd be with the fab, obviously. I think just picking up on a couple of threads you mentioned so far, handicapping generosity. He's, he's not put him up despite finishing a clear second in a Welsh national. You might have expected yeah. him to go up in the weights. And obviously he's got that Deesha Abba form that we ties in with that Sandown race earlier. Yeah. Um, but he did have a really punishing race, as every horse does that's involved in the finish of a, a Chepstone Welsh national. So I just preferred at the price is the Wolf, who is sit, he's completely unexposed over long distances. He's already stayed outstayed his pedigree, so I'm not really that concerned about him going up again. He's mm. another Ollie Murphy horse. It looks like Ollie's having a big crack at the, the good prize money at this meeting, having mm-hmm. sent a couple up there. And he, he's one of very few who arrives on the back of a very good handicap effort. Highland Hunter's the other, but the Wolf's a bigger, a bigger price. And I like that second to fullback, who himself was a horse that was bouncing back and on a potentially good mark. So I couldn't split them. I made it a match. I'm obliged to go with the Wolf at the prices. Okay, Wolf at the prices. Uh, Tony, Calvin? I backed two in the race. I backed Coupe de Pinto at 16s. It's now 14s, but that's still a very fair price. I think 
down to a mark of 121 now. Does two pound out of the handicap and James Best uh, better not do overweight. So no eating tonight, fat boy. Um, <laughs> Stone. Um, I, I thought, you know, this horse is obviously down to a really good mark now. Uh, the visor's back on after cheap pieces there. And I didn't think he ran that badly when I had no chance of the weights. About Yala Enki last time. So Coupe de Pinto off a mark, effectively off a mark of 123, eight pound lower than his Taunton win. I thought he was, I thought he was a big player. Now everyone knows I, I t- t- pay no attention to jockeys, uh, but and I was gearing up to put step back as my major bet in the race. I, I, I had a tiny bet on him at tens and twelves, but I went in Lily Bradstock's only. Obviously, she's a, a you know attached to the yard, probably the trainer's daughter or whatever. Um, She's only had five rides this season. I went back and had a look at a few of her rides. And as you'd expect, uh, she's a work in progress. And mm-hmm. I am a bit worried about her going four miles around Musselburgh, to be perfectly honest, on this kind of horse, although he's got a generous giver. Um, so that put me off in the final analysis. I, I've got in small on step back as a saver, but uh, Coupe de Pinto I quite like. I think he's a real, I think a marathon test will really suit on decent yeah. grounds. Um, and I think of a decent handicap mark. So Coupe de Pinto with the with the with the premier headgear back on. Excellent. Okay, great. Kev, okay, that's the English choice out of the way. On to the <laughs> Come on, some good oh, horses you. Some good horses. Don't <laughs> ah, forget about it. <laughs> come on, come on. That's, that's the only show in town. Ahoy, sailor, Weatherby. Right, Kev. Look, a cracking card. Unbelievable racing here. Uh, I'm really looking forward. Just uh, we're, uh, hopefully we get the crowds in. I know it's not sold out yet. Hopefully we get the crowds in to match. Ireland are playing uh, Wales, obviously, in the Six Nations as well. So that's going to take away. But we're hopeful of a bustling atmosphere. Restrictions are off, right? Yeah, it should, look, it will. It will feel like a bustling atmosphere. It always does, you know, because mm. it's it's the passionate fans that make the atmosphere, and we'll get plenty yeah. of those. You'd love to see a meeting like this sell out. It should. So hopefully, yeah. um, if they, they fill it up and it'll be a super day. Um, Gordon Elliott was walking in the track uh, yesterday and you know as one who's been kind of critical of the Leopardstown ground with this meeting in the past he expressed satisfaction with it at that time so hopefully they keep the taps on we'll get you know yielding ground that no one can complain about and and everyone stands their ground and we have a crack at it so I'm really looking forward to it too proper proper racing Yeah, 100%. Okay, we're ready to rock and roll, gents. We kick off then with the Nathaniel Lacey Novices Hurdle. It's two and three quarter miles. Hollow Games is in here um, at two to one at the head of the market. Himself and Jinto, obviously, both owned by the Mourns. Um, but Hollow Games is the one they've gone for here. Uh, what do we want for Willie Mullins at nine to two? Grand Jury's in there for Henry Drum at 11 to two. Manella Crooner, 11 to two. Braun, six to one. And Eric Budax, uh, we spoke about, excuse me, briefly last week with um, Kevin at a 13 to two on Wade in. Kev, Eric Budax, um, 13 to 2 is, is a decent price for me um, in a race that I know Hollow Games is going to take a lot of support, but you know, I'm not convinced that maybe Hollow Games is quite um, the superstar that people make him out to be. It was well held by Jinto the last day. For me, Eric Budax at 13 to 2, I'm backing him each way. Give me some support. Um, well, actually, look, you can, it makes sense why he's the price he is. Look, the market is very much favoring the the um, Lawlers of Nace, Novice Hurdle form, um, with, yeah. with your Hollow Games, your Grand Jury. Um, you're, you're what you want, etc. And on, on a line through that form, Eric Gludax is behind them because obviously Jinto um, beat him by further than the other horses finished behind him at Nace. Um, but look, Eric Gludax came out and I thought he won very well the other day. Like he's jumping, he's, a, he's probably a big chaser in the making, really. And he isn't, uh, hasn't shown himself to be a slick jumper of a hurdle just yet. But um, I wouldn't like to rule him out. Uh, and the thing I'm my approach to this race is while. 
the, the Lawlers of Nason Abbas Hurdle form might be the line that proves key here. I'm actually going to go outside it um, and I'm siding with Manila Crooner. And be careful okay. with your Manilas, lads, because we have a Manila Cocooner and a Manila Crooner just to be helped. Yeah. Jesus, John yeah. Nallon, will you, will you differentiate your names a bit better than that? Bring back um, the pencil man. The pencil man would be loving this. The pencil man would be couldn't sleep, I'd say, on Friday night at the thought of getting stuck into this on Saturday morning. But uh, he's an interesting horse, this fella. Apparently, he shows nothing at home. Um, He looks useless at home, but he's clearly not useless on the track. Um, He he won a point, two bumpers. Um, He was beaten by Journey with me, who I think is potentially like a very, very good horse. Um, with Kilcroft back in third and Manila that was his Manila Crooner's hurdling debut and he just wasn't brilliant jumping mm-hmm. wise so I, I was really impressed with him after that he came back out of Punchestown and his Lovely. jumping was notably good had improved a lot he, he was very neat and um, just very likable um, I'd say he'll have no problem coming back in trip and he just might surprise a few people Hugo at the, the type of price he is he's a okay. eight stand up He'll certainly be a very attractive each way bet, but just just mind yourselves, lads, because there's a well. Yeah. What do we want? Um, hasn't doesn't have a jockey up in him yet, and you would wonder, um, is that yeah. because he's going to yeah. be pulled out at some stage? Bit of support from eight into eleven to two at the moment. So TC, who have you come down on here? Um, I'd be interested in what you want if he if he does run because there was loads of money for him for the Ballymore and for the race last time, and I thought he was going to come and get it done between the last mm. two. So he would interest me, but. One one final point, Kev. What's the uh, what's the angle with the first time tongue tie on your horse? Ah, uh, Joseph's fairly aggressive with tongue ties. Um, takes yeah. a view that you know it's not going to do them any harm. So why not? Okay. Um, like he uses them heavily. Uh, I would okay. never put I would never put it up as a concern, really. Okay, good stuff, lads. We move on to the um, Spring Juvenile Hurdle again. It's uh, Juvenile, so two miles, grade one, Phil Dore, a talking horse for a lot of the early part of the season in terms of juveniles in there at five to four. Did the Pipe Piper overshadow a bit last week? Maybe. But you've got Vauban in there for William Paul at 11 to eight. So very little between them in the market. You've got uh, Carrie Allen at 11 to two. The tide turns 10 to one. So how many like about the rest? It's, it's probably between um, the top two in the market, um, Dan. And and I'm on Phil Doors back here at five to four. Who are God you? God help him. Well, I'll go. You'll never do eleven two, mate. Um, I wouldn't do eleven two since I was eleven. Chuckle like that. I just think, in general, I think it's a good weekend to have. If, if you fancy one of these horses for Cheltenham, there's loads of races where you basically want to be backing them now because mm. the prices will be crashing left, right, and centre. I just don't know if Phil Doors forms the the dual defeat of Luna Power. He's three from three. I think Pied Piper pro- probably is the superior animal in that stable. And Volvan mm-hmm. arguably should have beaten Pied Piper on that hurdling debut because he was closing at the line and he was closing as well when he switched inside and got the last all wrong. Even if you, he wouldn't have beaten him, a literal interpretation of that form for what Pied Piper did. Marks him down as a very good juvenile. He too, Tom, just mentioned it one of Joseph's. Mullins mm-hmm. is reaching for a tongue strap on his second start, but he must be really highly regarded. He went off four to nine to beat Pied Piper. Yeah. And I think he can get his revenge on an Elliot horse this time and, and burst Fieldo's bubble. Okay, right. There you go. So one against um, interesting stuff. Right, gents, we move on, if we can, to the... All right, hang on. So, Kev, you'll give us a view on that, right? Yeah, I'd be with Phil Dore um, in short. Look, Vauban, okay. love, lovely run, clearly. Um, Davy Russell, wily old fox, kind of set a trap for Paul Towner, and I think he gave him a look at the inner. And when Paul mm. went down there, Russell closed the door on him, um, and he finished off the race really well. Pipe Piper has boosted the form in a big way. 
But Fildor, I was very impressed with last time. I thought he was better than ever. Um, very strong up the run in. I think he sets a, a pretty... I know, look, you can pick, you can pick holes in what he's been beating, but I think he sets the bar and, and Boban's going to have to come up to meet him. And given they're pretty similar prices, I favour Fildor. Lovely. All right, Tony Cavill, let's move on, shall we, to the Irish Arkle, uh, just over two miles, grade one here. Fascinating race, obviously. So Ferniano has gone. Um, we spoke about the Arkle picture, I guess, in relation to Fernie Hollow, but he's now gone. So Blue Lord is 11 to 8 here for William Mullins. Paul yeah. Townend has chose to ride him over Hotan Kalor and St. Sam. Riviere de Tell is in there 11 to 4. Odin Kalor 7 to 2. St. Sam 4 to 1. And um, Bitters um, and Joseph's two horses have no chance. Um, sorry, Kev. Um, it's, it'll be very interesting who wins this race, Tony Calvin, as yeah. regards the arc of picture here. I really like Blue Lord, but I, I'm tempted at 7 to 2 to come down on the side of Hotan Kalor. I know you're a St. Sam fan. How do you see yes. it? Oh, it's a bit of a nightmare of a race, isn't it? I've got all, time. Four, mm. all four of those, the ninth, no bigger than nine to one on the exchange to win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, massive ramification. I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of this you know, back and before the weekend kind of stuff because you know bookmakers mm. aren't silly. They, they factored all that stuff in, and if you're backing something here, um, but good luck to you because it is a is a mindful race. I'm sure uh, Willie's. I'm sure you hear various tales about about Willie Mullins horses. You speak to different people in the, in the stable; they they give you a different horse here at uh, free. Um, I actually think eleven to four Riviera details a, a very fair price. She's the form okay. horse. She's getting loads of weight. I know, you know, she's still she'll get she'll still getting part of the uh, the the age allowance. She's got the sex allowance. She she brings the Fernie Hollow form into that, albeit she was getting eleven pounds that day. Mm. Um, for me, the Mullins the Mullins trio are going to have to be real real Arkle contenders if they're going to give going to give her the weight here. So. From a, from a strict form point of view, not potential point of view, I think Riviere Detail is probably the way I would lean if I was going to have a bet in this around about 11 to 4, 3 to 1. Interesting. Interesting. Kev, I like Blue Lord. And, you know, he's done nothing wrong. Obviously, one of the last two times, Nace last time, went very good. Um, but I just, I, I'm just i just drawn to holding Kalora for some reason in this. Um, Brian Cooper, obviously, very good jockey as well. Uh, and at 7 to 2, I'll be on him. Who do you like? Um... I'd like Riviera to tell at the prices for, for, the, for the reason TCL. Like, I think she might be a little bit better going the other way around, to be honest. Like, she, she does go a little bit out to um, her right. It's nothing hectic now, but it is there. Um, but, like, that piece of form last time just stands out, doesn't it? Like, yeah. she, she gave Fernie Hollow a run of it the whole way up the straight and pulled miles clear of Course of Lime, who's a, who's a bloody good horse himself, in fairness. Um uh, I think that form stands up. Like the other, like Blue Lord potentially could be, you know, a proper Arkell horse. We, we've talked about St. Sam a few times on the podcast. Now we, I think we all liked him when he made his chasing debut. So mm. I don't think it's one for a bullish view, but I, I thought Riviera to tell would be shorter than she is. So that kind of points, swings me in that direction. Very quickly, okay. I mentioned this on the, on the, the Royal Cast, one people think. Um, oh. um, I've never known Willie. I didn't double check. I've never known Willie have more than one runner in an Arkell. It's normally just a foot pad, bang, bang, go straight there. Three. Or uh, another top notch novice. Whereas he's got four or five now in the absence of Fernie Hollow. So I mm. suspect he doesn't even know which is the picker, though. As you say, if Fernie Hollow was in this race, what price would he be? Oh, he'd be odds yeah. on, no doubt about it. Um, right, gentlemen, the. Um, Irish Gold Cup, the Paddy Pair Irish Gold Cup, uh, just over three miles. Frodo on, back for more. Paul Nichols, brilliant to see him sending Frodo over after his success in the JNY. Ken Boys in here, 11 to 2, or 11 to 4. Frodo 5 to 2. Nell and Doe, 10 to 3, waiting for a return to form. If it doesn't happen here, 
uh, you know, he'll drift in the Gold Cup market and he'd struggle to back him. A steering for launch, uh, four to one, Delta work 14s, and let's have what you like about the rest. Right. Um, Kevin, at the prices here, I'm looking at. I know I'm giving out about gosh, I'm being a headbanger. A steering for lounge is equally absolutely crazy, but he's got to put it together at some stage. Like he's got to get it right at some stage, and this could be his weekend to do it on a four to one and uh, against an, you know, an, an unproven Manel and this season. Frodon, I can't be having fraud on this race. Who I, I'm with the steering for lounge system going well, send more money. Yeah. He'll be it's, jumping so far right as well. Oh, it's, it's so tough this race because, like, if Manella Indo, Manella Indo is the best horse in this race, yes, but you just have so many doubts about him. And Henry's like, they're still not firing, you know, they haven't been firing for a couple of months no. now. He's having dribby drabby winners now, but it's just you'd love to see more winners at this stage. You know, every trainer can hit a little, a little down patch for a few weeks or what have you, but it, it's been kind of ongoing for a while now. And Has it would Jack concern you. to work over him? Is that what's happened? Uh, no, I think it's because Rach, uh, Rachel. She, she's she's going to be on. Charge. She's going to be an absolute charge to go cups, uh, and they want uh, Robbie uh, on to get used to it. Yeah, I think right. they just wanted continuity. Um, like, like, look, I love Kenboy around here when the ground's like this. I, 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 I think he's well capable of running up to eleven. And we saw it last time. He ran a stormer in the Savills. Um, like, and it's funny that he that he seems to love it around here so much because he's another one. Like, he jumps out to his right all the time as well. But he seems to love Leopardstown. He seems to love it when the ground is is as is as nice as it's likely to be on Saturday. So I'm inclining towards him. But really, like, really and truly, you could make a case for pretty much all of these. Yeah. Um, maybe with one or two exceptions. You know, it's deeply, deeply competitive. And, and if Manila Indo doesn't bounce back to form, it'll be a real bounce of the ball race. You know, who which one of them gets the nicest run of it on the day? Because I don't think there's a whole lot between kind of four or five of the rest of these. Dan, um, Ken Boy loves the track, as Kev said. So I mean that's a big plus in his favour. Um, yeah, who have you come down on? Well, I just think it's loads of pace, isn't it? If Manila Indo, if they want to be aggressive to enliven him like they were at Kempton, him, Ken Boy, Frodon are all likely to be going flat out. Earlier in the week, I was thinking Mount Ida, and then he was, she was taken out. I'm probably place only, or ideally I'd love her without Manila Indo market if one was to surface, but I like Janadil to pick up some place pieces because I don't think he'll have anything to do with the early gallop. But backing horses each way, you don't actually think I've got a winning chance. It's really a good strategy. Okay, Tony Calvin, you're yeah. the most likely winner of the Irish Gold Cup. I've had a better, not, not, not the most likely winner, the one that I fancy most of the prices. I'm, I'm getting matched at around 16s on the exchange, and I think 14 sports looks very fair. Uh, I like Delta Work in this. Oh, um, I was a, I read Kev's piece on Wednesday about what he was going to do with his horse. <laughs> talking about dispensing with the headgear and riding in handy. <laughs> now, he's put first time cheat pieces on. <laughs> And he's and he's thinking about running riding your hand in a race that's chock full of pace. Now, hopefully, he's, he's had a he's had a change of heart about the running style because you know this is a three time Grade One winner over course and distance. Um, he won this race a couple of years ago, and although you look at that race last time, and he didn't run badly first time out of Dunmore, if you go back and have a look at that Savills last time, he was moving up really menacingly two out, and he made a momentum stopping blunder there and he was never in the hunt afterwards so I think you can mark yeah. that run up yeah. if he's freshened him up and presumably he's worked him in cheap pieces you know since you know uh, maybe on Thursday morning or whatever before declaration time and I, I just think 14 to 1 given his overall profile is massively underplacing look please do go back and have a look at that run last time because I think he was coming there you know to hopefully play a hand in there so I, I think 14 to 1 given his profile at the track yeah you're right 
Yeah, the, the cheek piece. Won this in 2020. I mean, 14 to 1 is a huge price. The cheek piece is a funny thing. So I went back and listened to the tape to make sure I hadn't misheard him, but he either misspoke or they've changed their mind. They changed their mind in the 24 hours since. But yeah, but um, it's an interesting one. The, the cheek yeah. piece is riding handy. Does does bother me in a race that's you know that mm. like I said, it's got it's full of pace. But no, I, I thought he was well worth chancing uh, at the price about after what I saw last time. Okay, last race at Leopardstown we're going to talk about is the, uh, it's the Future Stars bumper. Uh, again, two miles. It's a grade two, this one. And uh, the uh, son of Facile, or sorry, of Vega, I should say. Facile Vega is uh, four to five to win this. Um, it's what unites us is at four to one for Gordon Elliott, Jamie Codd on board. The big Diane, 11 to two, and at seven to one bar. Um, I'm letting my complete adoration for Covega and the amount of times that she got me out of jail <laughs> completely cloud my judgment. I mean, I've never gone time to... Why does that not surprise you? Come as that once a year, odds on. I've never gone into credit union, credit union. I was saving for a holiday. Or whatever. Definitely on the union, only Taking out my holiday time. funds and put it all on Covega and she duly delivered. So anyway, I'm going with Vasil Vega here. If you go I'm back and have a look, that is one of the... Training performances year in, year out to get that incredible on the table. Going there fresh, six in a row, incredible. Right, Tony. So look, I know I know you love your bumpers, DC. Yeah. <laughs> um, Facio Vega for me. Um, I, I really hope anything like her yeah. mother, and yeah, this would be uh, if, like, if I wanted to back slow racehorses on the flat, I'd, I'd go to Suffolk. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Blake, Facio Vega for me. Yeah, so you, you look back fondly on Quavega, Hugh. I just, I just look back and say, what an absolute tragedy that she never met Big Pox. Like, the two of them knocking around at the same time, and we never got to see it. But there we go. Um, mm. Facile Vega was very good, in fairness, at Leopardstown. Uh, don't have a big view in this, but I would pass on. I think we talked about it at the time. Whenever I speak to Gordon, sometimes he... He, he, he takes a bit of a tone when he's talking about a horse and it won't necessarily come out in, in the words that he says that he really likes one. I mentioned yeah. that earlier this season when he was talking about Mighty Potter um, at the beginning of the season. He's clearly turned mm. out to be a good horse. And I just detected that sort of a tone there speaking to him yesterday when he spoke it's about it. it's, it's what unites us. Yeah, he does. He does mm. seem to really like him now. And I, when you watch it back, he, he was impressive. He was well backed in the day. And yeah, he just seemed to have it's, that. But whatever the verbal equivalent of a twinkle in his eye is, yeah. I think I definitely heard that. Totally when, when you speak, when you speak to trainers and jockeys uh, on yeah. on a regular basis, it's it's the tone and what they yeah, and how yeah. they say it rather than what they say. I, I totally yeah. agree with you. Kev. You you yeah. can you can. It's especially true with Nico, really. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, great. Well, there you go. Keep an eye out for that. It's what unites us against uh, Willie's. Uh, Fasile Vega um, should be an absolute cracker. Right, the last we're going to talk about, uh, that's Neppertown done, um, Weatherby is the 2.30 to William Hill. Hooray! Uh, Town <laughs> Novice Chase, number three miles. Great two forerunners, oh yes! <laughs> Hello, sailor. Ahoy, senor, in here at two to one on. And look, I mean, it's a, this is going to be a short and sweet conversation. Dan, um, Ahoy, senor, wins this, right? Yes, indeed he does. I think he'll just obliterate them from the front. And the okay. eight that's floating around for the the brown advisory will be a thing of the past when he gets his career back on track. Yeah, but he might, he, might, he might be so impressive in this forerunner and obviously his chase, they might go for the Gold Cup then. Blow, <laughs> blow your bet out of the water. Yeah. yeah. What about you, TC? I presume you're going all in on two to one on, yeah? Actually, I, I think unless Dan's cheated a hoist at Senor Top, I think he'd have set, a time for him to have St. Palais Top getting all the weight, wouldn't they? No, I think he's top. I think he's top. 
Cheater. <laughs> right, right, Troy conversation. Oh, hi, oh, hi senor. Hello, sailor. Off you go. Back with the right, right, gentlemen. All that remains is for your naps. Uh, Tony Calvin with the wooden spoon and Dan plus 69. I'm one point ahead of him, and that's where I intend to stay plus 70. And Kevin, you are top of the table again at 92. All is right with the world. Right, Tony Calvin, you're due a winner. 14 losing naps. Give us a bloody winner, pal, will you? I like Don Levon. I like Glenn Forcer. Mm-hmm. But the more I look at that race last time, I think Delta Work could get me out of the shit of 14 to 1 and bring me back to level. Oh, Delta, oh, work. Delta Work, get in there, son. I love it. I hope he goes out of 12. The I hope he goes right. out of 12. Right. Well, Daniel. I'll, I'll take even money winner at the moment. <laughs> Daniel Byron, what's your nap, please? The 205 Musselbra, Calypso Collange, please. Calypso Collange for Dan, 205 and Musselbra. I'm taking on TC as I love to do, and I'm going. For the headbanger in the race, uh, Styrian Fonge, four to oh, one to win the Irish shit. Gold Cup. I, and Kevin Blake, if he puts, if he can get over that last fence, he wins I this race. Kevin are Blake. You gonna, for, for a bonus, tell us what, what fence he's going to fall at. Fence, no, he's not going to fall. No, he's he's going to open his eyes this time. He's going to open yeah, his eyes. You're not allowed to rebound anymore. You know. no. uh, Kevin Blake, your nap, please, as our, as our table series leader. What are your, what's your nap? Uh, I'm going to go for Manila Croner. Manella Crooner. Crooner. Manella Crooner. In, uh, in the 105 at Leopardstown. I'll go win like, only for the crack. Yeah. Did you hear that? I'm sure he said Manella Kakuna there. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he broke up a bit. No, if you want to remember which of the Manellas is, just think Daniel Barber on the guitar. Croon away. Off you go. Right, <laughs> gentlemen. That's a pleasure, as always. Sand down Leopardstown. Weather being muscle, all covered. Have a fantastic weekend's racing. We're back tomorrow with Sunday and Leopardstown to preview as well. So make sure you tune in for that. Two racing only better than the price of one this week. Have a great weekend. Gamble responsibly. Talk to you soon.